So um, wherever you are, if you are watching this um, at one of our homes, quickly jump onto your own um, profile, say hello to us. Um, we've got people that are online that want to say that they will greet you guys as well. Um, everybody, we're having a pajama day at our house. No, I lie. I lie. But wouldn't it be cool? Uh, I scheme that would be a great idea. It's like, um, I remember growing up, we have different, I don't know if you guys have different, um, you call cereal different in your homes. Like, what do you call Kellogg's um, at your place? Cornflakes, cornflakes, cornflakes. Um, growing up, my, my gran used to call it post-toasties. I don't know what that is up until today. <laughs> post-toasties. And then we had kids, and they didn't say Kellogg's, so they only saw the, the rooster on the box, so they would always ask for chicken cereal. So <laughs> uh, that's just... It's got nothing to do with my preach today. Uh, you know what? We, we, we just love doing life. We love being real. Um, you know, we're just, we just family sharing stuff. So if, if you come to Six Grieve, I mean, best host family ever. I, I just think, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I hope you guys have an amazing time with your families. Um, if you are new here, if this is your first time watching us and joining us in church, thank you so much for being here with us. I really hope you have an encounter with Jesus today. And uh, I, I just want to let you guys know, we are busy in a series called What Next? Uh, we <laughs> This church is in a season where we keep going, what next? Um, hopefully we have some good news going into the new year. But, you know, while we are in the season of what next, um, I believe God has just been chatting to us and encouraging us through His Word, as He always does, but also building us up. And um, today, I want to have a look at a passage in the Bible in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. And uh, we are going to read two verses that, you know, most people don't actually read. And let me just give you a, a little bit of background over here. Israel are waiting to step into the promise God had for them. He gave it to them years ago, over 100 years ago, that God is going to bless this nation and give them a land of their own. And what we find here in Joshua chapter 1 from verse 10 is that God is getting them ready to step into it. How many of you guys had to get ready to step into something? Um, like when, when you like, I had to get ready for getting married, you know, there was a lot that needed to change up here and in here and out there, uh, before I could step into it. And here we are in Joshua chapter one, and we are going to have a look at just these two verses on what it means in this time of what next. So, Verse 10 starts as follows. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan, year to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. They are finally at the point where they can move over. And God tells Joshua to tell the people, it's time to get ready. And this is where they are at that waiting point 
to go into what God promised them. And so as uh, we just look at this passage, I want to talk to us from this title, The In-Between. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness, your love, your faithfulness. Thank you for carrying us through this week. It, it was good for some. It wasn't favorable for others. But here we are at the end of the week going, thank you, God, for bringing me here. And so I'm praying and I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that as we just listen and read through your word, that you would encourage us to continue to move forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Anybody like road trips? Now, now, when I say road trips, it has to be longer than three hours. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, you have to stop at least at one wimpy or steers in between your journey. You know, your kids must bug you at least four times to use the toilet after you put in petrol. Like, I don't know about you guys. Um, we've got kids and uh, we were traveling. We were coming down to Cape Town once for holiday and we had just left. Uh, one of the um, petrol stations, I think we were 10 minutes out, like in the middle of nowhere. Jaden wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, Mom, I need to go to the toilet. And we go, can we keep it in? He's like, no, it's a number two. I'm like, oh my gosh, in the bush, we are going to die. But in any case, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, we love road trips. And um, we, <laughs> we were transitioning. Is it going to be like last week? <laughs> Last week, I don't know if you guys remember, we, we, we spoke about how I get some of the, the parts for my sermon, and there were guys that couldn't get past the shower <laughs> part of the sermon. So, uh, know that Jaden survived, he's still here, and so did we. <laughs> but in any case, so um, when, when we moved to Cape Town, now from my hometown to get here to Cape Town is usually a 16-hour drive. So, so it is what you call a road trip. Yeah, but course and alles. But when we moved, we packed everything in trailers, on buckies, in trucks, and friends of ours, and we drove here. And what usually takes us 16 hours took us exactly 24 hours <laughs> to get here. And how many of you guys know at the 16-hour mark, you look down and you go, oh, no, we're not even close. And, and, and it's like in those moments that you go and it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm further than what I'm, where I've started, but I'm not yet where I need to be. And, and this is where I want to talk to us from. You know, the in-between. You know, we were in between our home, town, and Cape Town. And we knew where we needed to be, but it was taking longer than expected but there was such an excitement for us. We knew what was coming. And so we didn't give up hope. You know, we stuck together. Like, literally, it was so hard. Uh, the moment Ali put a hand to, on me, it's like we couldn't get off. It was so clammy in the car. Now I'm just joking. And, um, but in life, we find ourselves in those in-between moments as well. You know, it's not where I was, but not where I need to be. You know, it's, it's not... It's, it's that awkward moment of, I know I'm going to be somewhere, but I'm just not there yet. When is all of this going to change? And last week, we looked at um, 
vision. We were in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I don't know. How else can we say that? We were were in the book of Habakkuk, and God told Habakkuk, write down the vision so that you can encourage the people. But know this, you've got to wait because the vision I'm giving you is not for now. It's for a time that I've set. And then in that waiting period, that is where we find ourselves in that season of being in between. In between where we want to be and where we come from. And it's, man, this passage we, would, we just read sums up life's journey. You know, we always find ourselves in between situations. Relationship, work, uh, my walk with Jesus. Um, you know what? I'm, uh, people go, I'm in between jobs. Um, I'm, I'm at that awkward phase. I'm in between clothes, you know, sizes. <laughs> it's like it doesn't fit because it's too small and it doesn't fit because it's too big. We always find ourselves in that part of being in between. Who can relate to that? Okay, not the clothes part, but everything else. <laughs> you see, um, <laughs> uh, David was also, um, two weeks ago, we had a look. David was in an in-between moment. We, he had this word from God that he would be king while he was a shepherd boy. And we had to look at his life that in between, things didn't go according to plan. In the waiting, it was tough because there, there was a, a process. It was uncomfortable. It was challenging. And that's what happens in our lives as well. So as we unpack this thing, one thing that stood out for me as Joshua went to go and speak to the people, he said, get ready because it's time to move. Something that jumped out for me, and this is the first point I want to talk off of, is when you are in that season of being in between, don't get stuck. Because it's easy to get stuck in your in-between moments. And there is a difference between waiting, you know, the season where God says, Just hold on, it's coming. There's a difference between waiting and getting stuck. You see, when you are waiting, you still have hope that someone, that something's going to happen. Have you ever been in the waiting room at SARS or or anywhere? You've got this hope that they will help you today, but now it's different. But when you're stuck, you throw up your hands and go, I can't go any further. And we give up and we, and, we, and we stay in the place where we are. We stay in that in-between moment. Can you imagine? Let me give you an example. The, the, in the Bible, um, one of Jesus' first miracles was these four friends, these four guys that brought their friend, a paralyzed friend, on a carpet, a mat, so that Jesus could touch him and heal him. But there was this period of, what do we do now? If we get stuck, if they got stuck, they would have turned around and said, we're never going to see him. Let's turn back. But in the waiting, there's this thing of, what can I do now? And we all, if you don't know the story, they climbed onto the guy's roof where Jesus was. They, they took out the tiles. They installed the fiber. And then they came down. Because that's the only way. Sorry, guys. A little, little rant there for me at the moment. But in any case, um, the Israelites were also going into a season where they were supposed to be waiting, but found themselves getting stuck in that moment. Because 
40 years before they get to this point that we just read in the Bible, Moses sends 12 spies to go and have a look, to go scout out the land, see what it's like. 12 guys run across and they see great cities. They all see giants. 12 people see giants. 12 people see gigantic fruit. So they all saw the giants, they all saw the cities, they saw the walls, they saw the fruit, but only 10 of them got stuck on what was wrong. Because of everything that they had gone through in their lives up until the point where they got sent out, it shaped the way they saw things and the way they think. How many of you guys know that your experiences in life shape who you are? Depending on like... Uh, Alison and myself, we, we are totally that, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that story, you know, there are these twins, identical twins, one is always grumpy, one is always excited, and the one they give um, on the birthday, they give everything this kid could ever hope for, dream, ask for, and more, and he was not happy and not satisfied for anything, and the other kid, they just dumped a pile of horse manure in the corner of the room, and when they came in, this kid was just so excited running around. And, he goes, and they asked him, what's going on? And he goes, well, if there's poop, there's got to be a horse. And, 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 and we, are, we are constantly, that is, that is like Ali and myself, because of our experiences in life, she can look at the exact same thing and go, ooh, this is going to be amazing. And I will go, ooh, this is going to be a bit challenging. But that's because of the experiences in our lives. And we need to be careful that the experiences that we had doesn't move us to a place where we get stuck, but rather encourages us that in the waiting, that there's still things that we have to do. You see, I've read this passage so many times, the story of Joshua, the story of the Israelites, and, and how they sin, and, and it's easy to go, how dare they? How dare they not believe? How dare they not trust? But then reality hit. And the same happens to me. I mean, like, just take Jim, for instance. Yes, no one likes that word. Sorry, I repent, Lord Jesus. Um, um, whenever someone starts, like a new year, new season in your life, you know, when I turn 40, I'm going to go to gym. Boom. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it's that first, that first couple of weeks. The first couple of weeks are good, the starting week. You know, you go there, you, you're excited, you, you put on extra weight, you buy the clothes, you're in it, and it's nice. You're a little stiff. At 40, you're a little bit more stiff. <laughs> but then a couple of weeks later, it becomes more of a chore to get ready to go to gym. And you think about it and you go, oh my gosh, this is, this is so crazy. I can't do this. This is time-wasting. I don't see the results. The scale is moving in the wrong direction. It's revving up rather than looking like my fuel gauge moving down, you know. It's just so tough. You know, my clothes ain't changing. When I look in the mirror and I flex, I still don't see anything. And those things shape the way we look at ourselves while going to gym. And then over time, we just become so relaxed. It's like, what does it make a difference if I miss one day? It doesn't make a difference if I just have that cake, that, that the whole cake. No, just a slice of cake. Because from a slice, it goes to two slices after a while. From missing one day, it goes to a week. And then you look again, you're 40 and nothing's changed. 
and we get stuck in those moments. And we can easily, <laughs> for those, I mean, they're mocking me, yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we can easily look at the guys, the Israelites that we were just reading about and go, man, they saw God, they felt Him move. How did they not see what was laying ahead of them? And it's just, life happens. In your situation, life happens, and we also can easily miss out on the goodness of God. But what we need to understand is, in those long waiting periods, there is stuff that happens. There are things that change in you. Take it, for instance, in gym, you're actually getting, you've got more energy. You might not notice it. You can actually run a little bit longer than what you used to be able to do. So there is things that are working. You can pick up heavier weights than when you first started. And you might not lo- notice, but certain clothes fit better. Not, not be the clothes you want to wear, but other clothes just fit better. And we seem to miss out on the small things that is changing in our lives And then all we do is we focus on the end result, and because we're so far, we go, it's never going to happen. And we get despondent, and we speak differently, and that's how we get stuck where we are. But let me encourage you with this. The Israelites, while walking through their time, the 40 years in the wilderness, God fed them. He looked after them. Their clothes didn't get um, old. I mean, they they didn't practice for war in Egypt but they were overcomers when they faced battles. Because in the waiting, God is still with you. God is still working. When you don't see end results, focus on what God is doing in your life right now. I know it's hard. But we were sitting here, and, and um, for those who don't know how we got this house, I threw a tantrum. <laughs> I was, uh, Ali and myself, we're both the youngest in our families, but I'm the spoiled one. And when we came to look at this house... Um, I'm like, Lord, this is the house. This is the one we want. But uh, eight people had already submitted the, um, the application forms. And I got home and I'm like, oh, you know what, Lord? I thought this was the house. This is the one I want. <laughs> and here we are having church in this house. But then we look at the other things that God has promised us and it's not here yet. And we go, flip, Lord, it's, it's too hard. I can't get there. But then I was standing there this morning, yesterday morning, and just being reminded, it's like, I'm still working. I'm still here. I'm still with you. What I told you I'm going to do, I will still do it. You just have to wait a little. Maybe God is working in me for my new season rather than me just getting it. And so whatever we are waiting for, I know it's hard. But what is God working in you at this moment? In 1 Thessalonians, it says, Rejoice always. Be thankful in all things. Pray continually. Don't get stuck. Keep moving. Because when you don't see the end result, one thing you have to remember, and this is point number two, is you've got to get ready. Joshua tells officers to tell the people to get their provisions ready. Which means it's like, we're not coming back here. Where we're going, it's going to be a long way away from here. So you have to get everything ready for a long journey. Not for a weekend 
ride and then coming back. He's like, no, we're going. You can't get ready on the move. When we left Secunda, we had to pack weeks in advance. We couldn't get ready on the day we moved. Because we'd leave later, we wouldn't, we'd leave stuff behind. It's the same, no one gets ready for a sporting match the day of the game. Unless you're 40. <laughs> Guys, we played, uh, we played uh, cricket against the, uh, our juniors. How old were they? The grade fours. Ten-year-olds. Oh, they dirty players, man. We walked off that field in so much pain. Yeah. They made us work for that win, man. But yeah, no one, uh, like, and, and that's a good example. If, if you don't prep beforehand, when you go into what God is going to give you, you're not going to be able to see it through all the way. So you've got to get ready. This is why God speaks to Joshua before they move over. You know what is very interesting? If you go read Joshua 1 from verse 1 up until 10, nowhere in that space did God tell Joshua when they needed to cross over. Joshua goes, I'm giving you three days to get ready. God says, now's the time. Joshua says, get ready. So when you are in your waiting period, your waiting phase, you got to get ready to cross over. And I love it in... Um, in Joshua 1, you know, God tells him, listen, be strong and courageous three times. Yeah. But I looked at that passage, and there are three things that I want to just take out of there quickly about how we get ready. So firstly, Joshua 1, verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous because you, this is God speaking to Joshua, you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now check this out. Whose mantle, whose shoes did Joshua just have to fill? Moses. The only thing that changed was leadership. He still had the grumpy people. He still had the people that didn't want to listen to him. He still had the people that argued. So you need to change the way you think about yourself before you go into what God is going to give you. Because where you are going is going to be a little bit different. So you need to think different about who you are. In your season of waiting, it is easy to look down on yourself and go, there must be something wrong with me. I can't do this. God, why aren't you doing this? And then we change the focus between us and God and go, oh man, either I'm not doing this right or God, you're not coming through for me. But God has given you an appointed time, an appointed thing. And he goes, just trust me. Just keep going. It is good. It is coming. And if it's not good now, I'm not done, so don't stop. So the first thing you need to do is change the way you think. Think different. The second thing you need to do that we pick up from Joshua 1 is you need to speak different. In verse 7, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. God's word brings success. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate about it. We spoke about it. When you meditate, you speak softly. You chant to yourself. You speak it over yourself constantly, slowly, in a still voice. Speak God's word over you day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous 
and successful. So what are you saying to yourself in the period of waiting, in the in-between? Because I, I want to point this out to you, and I have mentioned this before. God didn't promise them a land of peace and harmony. He promised them a land of milk and honey. And I love this, this, this picture. I always use it. Where there is honey, there are going to be bees. And where there is milk, there's going to be poop. Because there will be cows. Cows don't just give you milk. That is why the grass was greener there. But you are going to come up against things that are going to sting you, that aren't going to smell right, that is going to challenge you, that is going to come against you. But you've got to speak differently over yourself, over your situation, over your family, over your relationships. How are you talking about you at this moment? When you change the way you think, you change the way you speak. And if we can get a godly mindset, we can have a godly output over our lives. And then coming to church is not the only place we get fueled. Then during Sunday and Sunday, you are constantly speaking life over yourself, hope over yourself, restoration over yourself. The last one that I just want to point out in, in this thing is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We pray every morning before we leave the house. We pray for God's protection and His blessing over us. But one thing we don't pray is, Lord, be with us. We declare and say, thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Because He promised He will never leave you. And here He is with us. We're going to have a look now at um, another portion of Scripture where Moses and the Israelites are at Mount Sinai. Moses tells God, we won't move until you move. So that it was God for us. And then we get to Joshua chapter 1, and, jo and God tells Joshua, listen, I am with you wherever you go. And Joshua makes it clear to us that he was God for us, and now he is God with us. And then Jesus comes to earth, dies on the cross, restores us to the Father, sends the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, and then He becomes God in us. And this is why I always tell our teams when we get together, thank you for bringing Jesus. Because it says, where two or more gathered in my name, there He is, but you are carriers of His presence. So walk differently. Think differently, speak differently, walk differently. And then I just want to close off with this. When you are in that season of waiting and you're in between what God has for you, know this, that there is blessing in the in-between. Being in between isn't always a bad thing. Because like I said, it's usually the place where God is actually working on you and in you. And those are the worst moments. Those are the hardest things to have at that point in time. 
because I like me. Changing me is awful. It means I have to become not me and do things I don't like. And in the in-between, God needs us to be different. Remember, I, I spoke at the beginning of the year, He's transforming us. It's an ongoing process. It never ends to become who He needs us to become. And this is the thing we need to understand, that God will never leave us. He hasn't forgotten about us. And when we are in those places of being in between, He blesses us. Because turn with me to the book of Numbers quickly, chapter 6. The Israelites have just left Egypt. They're probably out of Egypt just over a year. So they're not slaves anymore. They are free, but they're not in the promised land. And as we know, 40 years they were walking around in the desert. But this is what God tells Moses to tell Aaron, Aaron. He tells him, Aaron needs to bless them. And he gives this specific blessing. It says in Numbers 6, 24 to 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. You know, we always think blessing is financial. But throughout Scripture, there's always this blessing spoken over people. God, it starts with Him. He blesses. And so it says, the Lord bless you and keep you in your waiting. In the in-between, the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious towards you, which means you're always in His focal point, that He knows what you're going through, that He loves you and that He cares about you, and then the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. I want to encourage you that in, in the moments where you feel like you are in-between and it's rough and you don't know and you're asking, God, why? God, what next? God, how come? It's okay. But don't turn your back on him because he goes, my words won't fail. My words won't end. They will come. In the waiting, God will bless you. So whatever season you are in at this moment, where you find yourself in between, don't get stuck. Get ready and know, open his word. There are tons of blessings that God wants to speak over you. We are in a season of waiting for our building, waiting for our new family. We're not going to get stuck. Hello? Here we are in each other's homes. Um, who's got curry at their homes or food? Um, um, we, we, we're going to be streaming from your place next week. And... Uh, How's the fellowship? What is God doing with you guys while we are meeting in each other's homes? Are we making friends? Are we connecting with each other? Look at the people sitting next to you. You probably would have never spoken to them or sat next to them if we didn't connect in this time. <laughs> it's just Rudy. He's giving me the eye. Don't get stuck. Get ready. God blesses us in the in-between. Can we pray?